in the Word. If you would, please turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 4. And uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 16, actually. Romans 4 and 16. Thank you, Jesus. And um, I'm preaching this morning on calling those things which be not as though they were. Calling those things which be not as though they were. A little background here before we read this verse. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three that we have what we say. Basically, he said, whosoever, well, that means you and me, doesn't it? Praise the Lord. Whosoever, I often say, uh, whosoever for whatsoever. A lot of folks might say, well, that was Jesus that said, well, you know, he said you could, you know, talking about moving mountains with words. Folks would say, well, that's Jesus, of course. He could do anything he wants. He's Jesus. He's the Messiah, Son of God. You know, who are you? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you who we are. We are redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Whom the Lord has delivered, not will deliver, someday when you get a breakthrough. You scream loud enough, blood comes out your throat. You hit the right service with the right anointing. No. It says, who has delivered, past tense, from the hand of the enemy. Well, how many know that there are days... See, a little, little faith lesson here before we get to the next faith lesson. How many know there are days when it doesn't feel like you're delivered? <laughs> you ever had one of those? Or it doesn't seem like you're delivered. Or it seems like the devil got through the gate somehow. What on earth? But see, thank God, that's why we can't stand on our circumstances And we can't stand on our feelings and we can't stand on our situations because they, they change as the wind. Amen. Because it can be one day you got plenty of money and the next day you're not so sure. (laughs) One day you feel good. The next day, you know, you're flat on your back with something. How many know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden your life can change. But that's why the thing we need to stand on is something that doesn't change. Well, three things that never change. One is God never changes. The Bible says that with God, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And then Jesus never changes. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Amen? And then finally, the Word of God. The Bible says that the glory of man is is the flower of the grass. You know, one day is here, the next day is blown away. But the Word of the Lord endures until your circumstances make it different. Is that what it says? No. The Word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. Well, you know, I've just trained myself. You know, you can train yourself. 
I've trained myself to stand on the Word, don't care how it looks. Stand on the Word, don't care how it feels. Stand on the Word even if I'm worrying and doubting it, to still stand on it. People say, well, what about fear? Well, do it afraid, praise the Lord. Like one preacher said, just do it afraid, but do it. Amen. In other words, be ye doers of the word. I got nine sermons going. That's okay. It's all works, doesn't it? It works together. All sermons work together for good to those, praise the Lord, preachers who have ADD or something, you know. Amen. Well, anyway... um, Jesus said, I wanted to go back to this, Jesus said, you have what you say in Mark eleven twenty three. Well, there's folks that's mocked that for years, made fun of it, you know, called it, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, whatever. And I've often looked at them and I've said, well, what do you think Jesus meant when he said you have what you say? Did he mean it or not? Well, that was for him. No, he said, whosoever shall say. Shall say what? Well, I often like to, I like to say it this way. Shall say whatever needs to be said to change the circumstances. Because he said, he was using that as the most extreme example. Even if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Who says? He says. Who's he? The whosoever. (laughs) Amen. So, whosoever for whatsoever. Where do I get the whatsoever? In the next verse. Glad you asked. Verse 24. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. So these two verses, 23 and 24, the confession of faith and then the prayer of faith is uh, one of our foundations. Amen. Somebody says, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I don't know how you have any confidence that you're saved then. Because Romans 10 says that the confession is made with the heart man believeth. And with the mouth, confession is made unto righteousness. Amen? So, even to be saved, we do those two things that Jesus mentioned in Mark 11, 23. We believe with our heart and say with our mouth. Amen? So, you know, one one, uh, commentary says, uh, you know, seminarian even, said that Christianity is called the great confession. Amen. Because it's it's what we believe and what we say that uh, makes the difference, even more than what we do. You know, most religions, uh, and Christianity is not a religion. It shouldn't be. If it becomes one, you've missed something. But uh, religions of the world are based a lot on what you do. And uh, you do this sacrifice and you do, you know, you do this ritual and that ritual and these cleansings and those things. And then therefore you're, you know, in, you're in on the deal. But praise God, Christianity is based not on what we do, but is based on what Jesus has done. Is based on what God has done. 
It is the walk of grace, praise God. And it is that we're saved by grace through faith. Amen. Well, Jesus told us what faith was right there in Mark eleven twenty three. It's believing with the heart and saying with the mouth. Amen. Well, this is this is uh, repeated time and time again, even in the creation of the world. The Bible says that God created the universe, the heavens and the earth with uh, Hebrews tells us with the word of his mouth. He spoke it into existence. Amen. Uh, you could read in Genesis. It says, God said, and it was so. Now, my Sunday school teachers, bless their hearts. I thank God for them. However, uh, sometimes I, we would get the illustration that when God made the heaven, the earth, he took the earth was without form and void, and he took his mighty finger and he made the rivers and he smushed up some more of the Play-Doh and made a, you know, made a mountain and then he, you know, whatever, and sort of smashed it all together and made the earth. That's not, that's about as unscriptural as you could get. That's as unscriptural as not having turkey at Thanksgiving. No, okay, that's not scriptural either, is it? But uh, that's about as bad as it gets. To say something like that. And then your children, you know, have a different idea of God's creative power. But the Bible doesn't say he smashed it together with his hands. The Bible says he spoke the world into existence with his mouth. And it says God said and it was so. God said and it was so. God said and it was so. God looked at what he said and what had become. And he said it was very good. Praise the Lord. So... We have again in Romans 10 (laughs) that we are saying with the mouth and believing with the heart. Well, let's see where else God spoke things and changed it. How many would like to know that you could change your circumstances by speaking to some things? You know that we're speaking to it anyway. Now, folks, sometimes somebody will come to me and say, do you believe in generational curses? And I'll often say, I don't believe in any curses. (laughs) Because curses should be under our feet. They're under the feet of Jesus. Amen. If God, who could put a curse on God and get away with it? Name the person. Who could curse God, curse heaven, curse Jesus? Nobody. So we shouldn't be afraid of them either. But you know, folks talk about the curse of this and the curse of that. I'll tell you what. The curse that we should be most afraid of is the one that comes out of our own mouth against ourselves. Because sometimes we just curse ourselves. You know, we go, well, I'm so stupid. Or I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that. And y'all pray for me. You know, folks have stood up on Wednesday night. Well, I'm just making mistakes and I just, you know, just everything's bad and everything's wrong. Don't know what to do. Please pray. Well, the only prayer I could pray if you keep talking like that is that your mouth becomes paralyzed. You know, I pray that your tongue cleaves to the roof of your mouth for an entire year. Because if you'll stop cursing yourself, some things will get better by themselves. Praise the Lord. But some folks think of, when they think of, the, when they think of God, the things of God and prayer, it becomes a darkness for them, a depression. Everything is all sad and bad and blue and... Down the tubes. But you know, that's not the way it should be. 
when we think of God, when we think of the Word, when we think of the Holy Spirit, it should lift us. It should give us hope. We should say, praise God, there's hope for my tomorrow. There's victory in Jesus. A lot of, sometimes in some churches, the doctrine and the singing is better than what's being preached across the pulpit. And it should all match. Amen. If we lift up the name of Jesus in the song, we ought to lift up the name of Jesus in the word and in the sermon and in the prayer and in the testimony and every other part of life. Don't everybody shout at once. Somebody says, well, Brother Horton, you don't know what I've been through. And I used to say, well, I don't say it anymore, but I used to say, well, because uh, it because it offends people. But I used to say, well, I have this feeling I'm about to get clued in on what you're going through. But at the end of your testimony of what you're going through is still the same action, is still the word. Are we going to speak the word over it? Are we going to declare that we're redeemed? Are we going to say God's on the throne? Are we going to say God's helping me or say he fell off the throne? And, you know, now I'll tell you this. Uh, there at Rama, Kenneth Hagen Ministries, you know, we were a part of that for many years. They uh, opened a counseling department that they kept open about five minutes. <laughs> Brother Hagen finally closed it down. But uh, had a counseling department, you know, phone in, phone in counseling. And a friend of mine, who's now a pastor in Greenville, South Carolina, he was working the phones that day and Got fella called in. This is this is where, you know, you got to balance scripture with scripture. So the guy calls in and he says, uh, uh, "Yeah, uh, I need to talk to somebody. I need a scripture to stand on." So my friend he said, uh, "Okay, what can we help you with?" He said, "Well, my wife, uh, my wife is is pregnant." And he said, uh, we were believing God she wouldn't get pregnant. We were claiming that, uh, you know, she wouldn't get pregnant. And uh, said we, we really couldn't afford any kind of contraceptive or anything. So we were just speaking the word, you know. And so I was just wondering if you had a scripture for us to stand on against this baby. And so uh, my friend said, yeah, I've got a scripture for you. He said, oh, good. I knew if anybody would help me, it'd be Rama. He says, yeah, I got a scripture for you. He said, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. <laughs> he said, you got any other scriptures? I don't like that one. But at the same time, you know, sometimes. So that, you know, I guess he called another ministry. But, uh. You know, that's that's uh, a great story. But my friend told me at the same time, he'd have people call in and say, well, you know, I'm, I've got sickness. I've got problems. Can you help me? Yeah. So they start giving them scriptures. Amen. Healing scriptures, faith scriptures, you know, authority scriptures. They'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. I tried that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did that. Yeah, I know that one in Hebrew and Greek. Praise the Lord. You know, not helping me. None of this is helping me. And so my friend, after he ran out of scriptures and they said none of those worked, he said, well, there's only one thing left for you to do. 
He said, what's that? He said, curse God and die. There's no hope. Well, the fellow on the other end of the phone said, well, I don't want to hear that. And he says, well, what do you want to hear? Every verse I give you, you say that doesn't work. But you see, I've often said it takes just as much breath or less to say it is working as it's not working. Amen. To say the word of God's not working is to say God's a liar. Jesus is a liar and the Bible's a lie. So we ought to throw this book out and get something that works. But I'll tell you what, I believe that God is not a liar. Amen. And if it's in the Word, we can stand on it. And sometimes, like I've said before, you've heard me say it once, you'll hear me say it a thousand times. Sometimes the only confirmation you have is the ink on the paper. That's all you have. But thank God. How many know that in a court of law, the ink on the paper means something? How many know that when it comes to a contract or ownership of something, the ink on the paper means something. Every attorney in town will ask you if you're in a court case on either side of it, what you got in writing? Do you have this in writing? Well, so-and-so said, and they heard him say it. It's hearsay. It doesn't matter. But what counts is what's on the paper, the ink on the paper. And sometimes we say, well, we need more confirmation. That's the highest. No wonder. I'm getting excited. No wonder. That's why the Word says that there is no greater testimony than the Word of God. An angel appearing and talking is not higher. Jesus showing up and saying something is not higher than the Word of God. Amen. So instead of us saying, well, all I've got is this verse. Praise God. All you've got is this verse. Man, it's in writing. Hallelujah. It cannot be changed. The Bible tells us in... um, Galatians, that once the will is ratified, no man can change it. Hallelujah. It's written in stone. Praise the Lord. My father, you know, he passed away and and uh, there was some my mom went to sell her house and there was a problem, you know, with the probate court, of course. Something didn't get written down in proper way and the, and the mortgage was I don't know. Anyway, I go to the court. And the first thing the judge asked for is, does anybody have a copy of the will? And whatever the will said, that was it. That was the law. Even that court could not change it because of the way the law is written. That whatever the last will and testament of Willis Horton was, that's what we're going with. Can you say amen? Well, this is the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. And he left this inheritance for us. And so I say, read it. And I've read the word out loud in three worlds. I've said in heaven, earth and hell, anybody that wants to listen, this is what the word of God says. And stand on it. We've got to, you know, we've got to sometimes... You know, it's, it's okay to shed tears and to, 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 to feel whatever, but it's, at some point at the end of that thing, you're gonna to have to rise up. The Bible says that David at Ziklag cried until he had no more power to weep. But he didn't just stay there in a heap. He got up and he inquired of, he, he, he worshiped God and then he inquired of the Lord and then he went and took back what the devil had stolen. 
You know, there's a time to weep and there's a time to grieve. And then there's a time to get up and look that thing in the eye and say, this day I'm cutting your head off. Praise God. Amen. That's right. All right. You found Romans 4 yet? It's in the New Testament for those of you still searching. You sure you got the right book? All right. All right. Now, it says here in verse 16, so we're going to go a step further. Not only speaking the word, but calling those things which be not as though they were. That means you've got to have a vision for what you don't have right now. You've got to see beyond what you see. You've got to go beyond what you feel. You've got to go to an imaginary place, in a sense. Amen? And begin to speak that according. Now look at this. Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to that which is of the law or natural born Jews who can trace their lineage back, you know, to Father Abraham, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham. Well, if we're believing this, hallelujah, we are of the faith of Abraham. Who is the father of us all? Amen. In other words, Jews and Gentiles based on faith. Praise God. As it is written. Everybody say it is written. See, it is written. That's that's what counts. As it is imagined. Is that what it says? No, as it is written. I have made thee. Is that present, past, or future tense? It's past tense, isn't it? It's already occurred. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. I'm going to get down there where I can see the whites of your eyes. Praise God. I used to do, you know, you do evangelistic meetings in churches and stuff. And some folks would be, you know, huddled on the back row, you know, a little little afraid of the whole thing. And I said, you think you're safe. Because you're on the back row, but I said, I've got legs, praise God, I can get back there, you know, snatch, snatch you up. Then they're really afraid. Is he going to do that? I've heard about these people. All right. I have made thee, that's past tense, the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth or raised the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now, no wonder. Now, if you stopped right there and thought of some other verses, you know, the Bible tells us, let the, let the sick say I'm healed. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Rich meaning well supplied, an abundant supply. Amen. There is something to calling. God has this idea about calling those things which be not as though they were. That's the reason that some of us crazy ones here that just stand on the word. You know, you can be uh, in a rage 
of symptoms. Symptoms raging is what I'm trying to say. In your body. And yet you'll declare yourself healed. Well, if somebody walked in that didn't understand what you were doing, they would think you were either in denial or kind of nuts or, uh, you know, off into something that's weird or maybe even lying. But it's none of those things because we're practicing. We understand what we're doing. We're not in denial. If you were in denial, you wouldn't even mention anything. You wouldn't even say that, you know, there is a problem to be solved. That would be denial. Faith doesn't deny the problem. Faith looks the problem in the eye and defeats it in Jesus' name. There's the difference. So this isn't denial. This is faith action. Praise God. So call those things that be not as though they were. That's why in the midst of an illness, we'll still stand and declare, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I call myself healed. In a sense, you're calling, your, uh, uh, you're calling the condition different than what the circumstances are saying is there. Or look at your checkbook balance that's not where it should be. Amen or enough. And say, I say this number is a lie. I call my, my savings accounts full. I call my checking accounts full. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I declare that it is God who gives me power to get wealth. The reason I like that verse is because that gives God opportunity to, to bring money-making opportunities to your life. Praise the Lord. Amen? In other words, He doesn't have a counterfeiter machine in heaven and just, you know, you know, like a... How many remember mimeograph machines? You know, the, the sound of that. See, that's that's a church sound I don't hear anymore. You know, I used to walk in a church office and you'd hear typewriters and mimeograph machines, you know, making copies of everything. But God doesn't have a mimeograph machine in heaven, you know, cranking out dollar bills to answer your prayer. But He does give you power to get wealth. Amen? He gives you opportunity. He, He brings things your way. Hallelujah changes situations to your favor, to your benefit. Praise the Lord. Say, well, I don't believe that. Well, fine. Praise the Lord. Just bump along like you are then. Hallelujah. And enjoy it. Don't gripe about it if that's what you choose. (laughs) That's a little rough, but it's true, isn't it? (laughs) When you think about it. You know, folks get, folks get get upset at you preaching faith too much. But uh, the bottom line is, well, if you don't, somebody, I don't know if that's what that really means. Well, while you're figuring it out, I'm going to stand on it, praise the Lord, and receive the benefit of it. Well, I think you're off. Well, just hide and watch. Brother Hagin used to say, hide and watch. Let's see what happens. Uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, he would say. Amen. Y'all getting anything out of this at all? Praise the Lord. All right, so it says, call those things which be not as though they were. Well, like one preacher said, if it's all right for God to do that, it'd be all right for us to do it. And why is it in here if it's not for our benefit? Why, why did Paul point out that this was for us? Because he said, 
It's to all the seed. Amen. All right. Let's keep reading here. You getting anything? Who against hope? See, we can't help what comes against us oftentimes. We didn't choose our particular brand of torment, (laughs) trouble and trial, right? But we can't choose that, but we can certainly choose how we respond to it. And we can sort of buck up, amen, and, uh, and look that thing in the eye and say, I've got authority in Jesus' name. It may look like the devil's run over you, but it's, it's only true if you let it be true. Well, let's pray that Jesus will do something. Well, he did something. He gave us authority here over circumstances. Okay, so it says, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. I like to add, without changing the meaning, according to that which was spoken and eventually written down. Because everything that was spoken by God that we need to know for this life was written down. So I like to say, according to that which was written. Amen. So if you find it in the Bible, it belongs to you. So shall thy seed be. Being not weak in faith, he considered not not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So this guy's believing for a miracle. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So uh, you've heard me illustrate this before, seen it. I'm going to do it again. What does strong faith look like? Okay, this is really deep. Be careful, you'll miss it. This is what strong faith looks like. Glory to God. There, did you miss it? That's it. What does strong faith look like? Glory to God. Hallelujah. What are we giving glory to God for? We're giving, we're giving glory to God for the trouble and trial that He'll help us through. No, we're giving glory to God for this, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, He was able also to perform. Now, if you're a believer at all, you ought to be able to do that. Any church in town, if they're any kind of Bible church at all, would agree that what God has said, He's able to do. It doesn't matter if it's Pentecostal or not. If it's a church and you ask them, is God who He says He is? Every church in town would say yes. Can God do everything He says He can do? Yes. Does God have the power to do things? Yes. Every church in town would pretty much agree with that. Well, that's what Abraham gave glory to God for. He wasn't even technically giving glory to God about the the pregnancy and the baby so much and becoming the father as he was in a more general way of saying... What God has promised, He's able to perform, otherwise He wouldn't have said it. And, to be honest about it, He shouldn't have said it. 
If God can't do what He said in His Word, then He shouldn't have said it. That would be wrong, wouldn't it? You can't over-promise and underperform. And yet religion, that's the God they've presented. A weak and emaciated, underperforming God. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who our God is. He's not an underperformer. He's an overperformer. He'll do more. Now unto Him that is able to do abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Hallelujah. It's above it. It's above it. It's more. God will do more than your faith demands. God will do more than your need requires. Hallelujah. If you'll just let Him do it. It's kind of like taking the brakes off of God with our peanut brains and letting Him do it. Amen? Well, I don't know if He'll do that for me. Well, He won't as long as you keep saying that. Should we agree with it? Let's get three or four agreeers and agree with you that you're just a dud. No. Hallelujah. You're not a dud unless you make yourself a dud. And I'm not going to make myself a dud. Amen. I'm going to say I'm in the top group here. Praise the Lord. I'm in God's favor line. Amen. I'm his for as far as I'm concerned, I'm God's favorite child. And it's all right to believe that because everybody can be God's favorite child. Amen. And uh, and that's what you want all your children to believe they're the favorite. You tell them. Now, don't tell the others, but you're my favorite. But what they don't know is mama said that to every one of them, you know. Then they get in an argument. Say, yeah, you were the favorite. You always got more than me, you know, something. More beans or something. All right. Praise God. Do you look at that? Now, uh, it says, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And look at this. Uh, verse 23, just jump down. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. Look at verse 24 now. But for us also. Amen. Not for his sake, but for us also. So this means this belongs to us. Amen. What does it look like to call those things that be not as though they were? Look at Genesis. Amen. Well, I, I hope I've helped you. I'm, I've sure helped me. I need a lot of help. Uh, a lot of people think I'm funny, Kay. Not always humorous either. He's a little funny. All right. Genesis. Uh, I want you to look at uh, chapter 17 and verse 1. Let's just go back to what this scripture is referring to here. Amen. Now, when Abram, see, notice his name here is Abram. There's there's no ha in it. God hasn't put the laughter in it yet. (laughs) There's no hams involved. I wonder if he ever got teased about having ham in his name. He's a Jew, you know, they can't be... Can't, can't eat it. You can be called a ham, but you can't have any ham. It's not kosher, right? God gave him a non-kosher name and built the whole thing on him. <laughs> now, when Abram was 90 years old and nine, how many believe that's getting up there at least? The Lord appeared to Abram. 
It's important that you notice that his name's Abram. And said unto him, I am... Now, that's what the Lord is saying to you. You understand? Before the promise is fulfilled, in a sense, maybe you're a person who is sick. Maybe you're a person who is uh, is dealing with lack. And you feel like, my middle name is lack. I lack this and lack that. In a sense, Abram stood for lack. In that, in the sense of what happened after he changed his name. In other words, you could have called him brother and sister Baron, because there's no baby. And he, look what the Lord says. Oh, I just saw this. I've been preaching this for years. I never saw this till this morning. Notice the first thing the Lord says to Abram. He says, I am the Almighty God. Now, What he really said is, I am El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. I am El Shaddai. It's the first time he's ever, it's the sixth time that God's revealed himself and spoken to Abram, but the first time he called himself El Shaddai. Why? Well, because it's only faith in the Almighty that's going to make this miracle come to pass. It would have to be a God that can change the course of events, the natural course of events, to be able to answer this this demand and this prayer. Isn't that something? I think that's fantastic. But notice the first thing God said to him is, yeah, I know it's been a hard old road, you know, They sang, though the way is rough and rocky. No, they didn't sing that one. He said, I am, I am the Lord, I am the Almighty God. Folks, I'm going to give you good news today. That's what God's saying to you about your barrenness. Maybe your barrenness is, is, maybe it is children, but maybe it's a, you know, or lack of children, but maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a lack of, of, of health and strength. Maybe it's a lack of life and vitality. Maybe it's a lack of finance or money that you need to, for your life to move forward. Whatever it is, you know what he's saying to you this morning? He's saying and saying to me, He's saying, I am the Almighty God. Glory to God. We're not just trying to have a little faith down here and, you know, a little touch. Praise God. We are singing about. Why do we bother to come out here to this place? Because we gather together to, to, to help. Hopefully we're helping ourselves. You're not helping God any by coming to church. He's not keeping score like that. The Sunday school teacher is. But, but not God. And the thing is, people say, well, you know, I felt guilty for God not coming to church. Well, there's no even feeling guilty in front of Him. You know, He's not beating you over the head about it. But we don't come to church for God's sake. We come to church for our sakes. Why? Because of I am the Almighty God. We need to remind ourselves. I'm so glad to be right here in this spot right now. Today. To hear these words. 
inspired, I believe, by the Holy Ghost, when it was written and now, to say to you and to me, all of our problems, all of our challenges, all the things that doesn't look like, that do not, doesn't, do not, I don't know, don't, don't look like that they are changing, you know, in some way or another. And, and it's stalemate. You ever had a stalemate? It's nothing's moved. Nothing's changed. It's the same as it was six months ago. It's the same as it was last year at this time. Is there ever going to be any deliverance? Is there ever going to be any change? Is anything ever going to move here on this deal? What's happening here, Lord? I'll tell you what. He's standing before us in our Abram state, pre-miracle pre-breakthrough, and He's standing in front of us, and He's declaring, I am the Lord Almighty. Who are we singing praise to? Who are we praying to? Who are we preaching about and reading about today? It's not just some nice, you know, have a... Nice thought, pitter-patter of little feet, and the daisies will burst forth. No, we're talking about Almighty God. I am that I am. Hallelujah. Almighty, He's got all power, all strength, all the answers, all the direction, all the healing. All the wholeness, all the miracles, all the provision, all the supply. Preach, Brother Horton. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And if we'll walk in Christ, we'll be perfect in his eyes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I will make, I want you to watch this. Watch this. This is really, really slick here. What God does. This is really great. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Well, I hope you hurry up because I'm 99. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be. See, it's in the future, right? Future tense. Hasn't occurred. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Future tense. Prophetic in a prophetic sense. It's in the future. Prediction. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram. Still kind of thinking it's in the future. But thy name shall be Abraham. And look at what God does in one fell swoop. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. He said, thy name shall any longer be Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations. Boom! We jump all the way past present to past tense. Have I made thee? That's calling those things which be not as though they were. He went from prophetic to past tense. In one statement, one word. Because he, because the way he's going, it should read, 
For a father of many nations have I promised to make thee, or will I make thee hide and watch? He said, have I made thee. In God's mind, it was done. The minute God speaks it in his mind, it's over. (laughs) No wonder we need to pray, Lord, give us the mind of Christ. No wonder we need to say, Lord, let us think like you think. No wonder he said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. Why? Well, because you never know what he's going to do. No, no, that's not what it says. It says because his word does not return void. That's why his thoughts are higher. We let our words return void. Well, I thought that's what was going to happen, and I don't know. I don't know why I said that. That's, God never says that. If he says it, it's done. It's completed. It's over. In his mind, no worry, no fear, no problem. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at this. For a father of many nations have I made thee. So if it's all right for God to call it done before it's done, it's all right for us to call it done. I like what somebody said one time. I think my dad actually used this illustration for years. I grew up with him preaching every five minutes. My dad said, brought up this. He said, you know, uh, talked about my mother would put all the ingredients together in a pan to bake a cake. You know, she's baking a cake. And uh, she'd have it in the oven, you know. Yeah, her coconut cake, right. Famous coconut cake. (laughs) My mom would put that cake in the oven, you know, the pans. And my dad would walk in or I'd walk in with the dog or something jumping around, you know, and she'd say, now, now don't jump, don't jump in the kitchen floor. She said, I've got a cake in the oven. Well, she didn't have a cake in the oven. It was still just a big round thing of mush. It hadn't made a cake yet. But she was calling it a cake. In her mind, the cake was, it was, it was a cake. But all it was was a bunch of, it was eggs and sugar and whatever you put in a cake. I don't know. You can see I'm not a cake maker. Flour, something else. <laughs> and coconuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you, why? Well, if she'd say, if you, if you jump on the floor, you'll make my cake fall before it sets. It'll be, it'll be a pancake instead of a cake. And that's a good illustration, isn't it? We do this all the time. We call a bunch of ingredients a cake. What you got in the oven? A cake. There's no cake. Take it out right now and dump it upside down. What have you got? A mess on the counter. God takes the mess of our life and he turns it into a cake. Praise the Lord. We call it a cake and he calls it a cake. I call those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. I declare this and I declare that. That's what you've got to do. Start, stop cursing yourself and start blessing yourself. I call, I call my, I call my house paid for. I call my car paid for. I call my, you know, these things that you have in your life, whatever, if that's, if that's your, if that's what you need to say. Amen. Or I call my body healed. I call my body well. 
I say my eyes see in Jesus' name. My ears hear. My heart pumps. <laughs> my liver and kidneys and every other part of my body works. Inside and out. Hallelujah. Amen. Call those things that be not as though they were. Say, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting along at work. I'm, you know, the office politics are against me. Start, start declaring you have favor. Amen. I have favor in Jesus' name. I don't even like the guy that I need favor from, but I declare favor in Jesus' name. Sheree and I have seen, even in ministry, you know there's favor you need in ministry too. Because there's people in charge of stuff. And I've, I've said, well, I need that particular office or person I need favor from. And I declare favor in Jesus' name. I've seen 180 degree. All of a sudden it's like, well, who is this? Who is this and what have you done with brother so-and-so? Because I don't know who the, I don't know who this is, but all of a sudden there's the, where you had disdain. All of a sudden you have favor. Isn't that something? A God can do those things for you. Is it, does that help you today? Amen. Hallelujah. So whatever problem that you have, begin to speak and what it is you want it to be, even though you don't see it yet, and then give glory to God. So that's what we're going to do. Let's stand up and. Uh, Let's uh, let's stand up, lift our hands and let's give glory to God today.